0: Empire of the Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns.
1: Hey there, and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. Hello, Kevin. Oh boy, how's it going? It's going, man. Uh, there's a lot going on in the in the old noggin over here. Um, I just want to cite at the start here that we are going to podcast again on Thursday. There's some Chris Paul injury news to wait on. Um, there are, I the way I wrote it is there's like overwhelming handfuls of intricacies from this game to talk about. And you would be like the guy stumbling and falling over, trying to carry too much at once from like your car after you go grocery shopping, you know, like that's, (laughs) that's what you would be to try and talk about everything from this game. So we're not going to get to everything tonight. And I think it's going to get a little bit rambly. So I just wanted to like leave that here first, because I think this could be a very defining podcast for us. I hate to scare Suns fans listening but tonight felt pretty monumental obviously not in a good way uh, the suns lost 97 to 87 by far the most important news to come out of this is that chris paul was injured he injured his left groin it came during a game where i think he started one of seven from the field but then he made his next four shots or three shots and as you pointed out and a lot of people pointed out um the way the Suns were able to get back to their ball movement in this game, the way that point 5 in second side and all that kind of stuff was coming to life, a lot of it was because of him. And he got hurt. It did not look like the type of injury that is just a day-to-day thing. I feel okay in like speculating that far and that's the furthest we're going to speculate. They're saying it's left groin tightness. Monty did not have an update, but uh Chris Paul in the third quarter goes up for a rebound. Uh, grabs at his left groin. Pretty much, I think before he even like lands on the ground, like he's he's already like feeling it as he jumped in the air, basically. And then he's struggling to get down the floor. He goes back to the locker room, and then he's ruled out, uh, for the game. And with the way that this game unfolded, Kevin, and just how heavily reliant they have been on their top three or four as is designed, this just the way I phrase it is like this was a golden opportunity in a game the Suns just had to win, and that and and that um is accompanied by the fact that they, they lost Paul. We don't know for how long, but Kevin, the thing is, even if Chris Paul comes back, we know he's not going to be at 100%. We've seen this before. Like he, When he gets hurt, he'll come, uh, unless it's in the regular season, but when it's in the postseason, he comes back. He does not look the same for a while. You remember even those, those post-COVID games where it was something like sickness, for example, that was a lot more. I know, I know COVID's not as clear-cut. I shouldn't make that kind of example necessarily, but... The way in which um, he comes back, typically, like he's going to be hobbled in some kind of way. And it's just um, I don't know. Like I said, like this felt like a really important game and like not only their season, but just like the timeline of this entire team so far. What what, what did you think? Am I I being too grandiose here, too big picture? Because I I'm just saying how I feel and the way that I put it to you is. Um, I sent in my recap like two and a half hours after the game ended, um, which is not the greatest etiquette for me. Luckily, Jake Anderson working his tail off at at the Arizona sports office as usual was like still on the clock. So I wasn't keeping him too late or anything. But I just wrote it to you. I was like, this might be it. it," So I just wanted to nail it. And like I tried my best to and we're going to try to on the podcast right now. But again, I'm not trying to like be too dramatic or scare Suns fans or whatever. They can still win this series for sure but did did this feel like a defining moment for you it did for me
0: i i'll leave it hanging there because it depends on the injury um look i don't think it's speculating to say when you when you pull a muscle it's it's not like oh he he's going to be able to fight through the pain or like he's functionally probably not in a good spot <laughs> Like Monty said, he couldn't push off, I believe, were his words. And like, if they come back tomorrow and he suddenly feels better and it's just a tweak or something and it's just like electroshock that thing to death and stretch or something and he can play, even miss one game or something or play Friday somehow, then I'm not going to say this is it, it, like you said. But... Could be. Could be. But I think it is it, it, if he doesn't play. Um, look, I if he didn't get hurt, even if they had lost this game, I wouldn't even have been panicking as much as I was after last game. I thought No,
1: I would I would have said Suns and Six still. I would have said yeah. they're 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 going to win the next four. Like I they clearly got onto a lot of right stuff here. Sorry to cut you off, but they stumbled onto it, not stumbled onto. They adjusted extremely well in one game. Yeah,
0: and everything started clicking even um a few minutes or a minute after he went out, the offense was like, "Okay, they went up by 8." And like we talked about it, they, they started to do the swing to weak side, swing back to strong side. Kevin Durant has an open three and yeah, even if they lost, like they shot terribly. I thought the shot quality was really good. I thought the defense was 10 times better than it was in game one. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an even game. And then like, man, you, you, they held that team to 18 points in the first quarter, 22 in the second, like 30 and 27, that. That's good defense. Um, I don't even care about the bench necessarily. Scoring four points in 71 combined minutes, it's just like they they played decent defense too. But when you get to the bench struggling that way, and when you get to Kevin Durant struggling the way he did, you lose Chris Paul. DA did... I, I thought it was a fine game for him. It's just... Like, you're asking for too much. You're asking for Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to overcome too much. And Chris Paul, even at this age, is a huge part of that, is a huge part of, as we keep saying, or have said, I guess, if the top four players on this team are what we kind of expect, which is two superstars, two guys who can contribute and have a big game here and there, this team will be pretty fine as long as they you know, execute and all that and you lose one of them. And that's, that's how quickly the drop off is, I guess. Oh yeah.
1: That's, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. And I, I opened the can of worms to get all like, um, again, really big picture and like, I'm sure there will be a lot of Suns fans listening who will be maybe not a lot because the amount of like burning down buildings that I see on Twitter right now, um, maybe not, but to those who are still like keeping the faith. And again, like I'm glad Kevin went there because if Chris doesn't get hurt, I pick them to win the next four games confidently. Like they, I saw um some Denver people talking about how like, man, do they need to bench Michael Porter jr and get a guard in there? So someone else can handle like the way in which the Suns neutralized Murray and then in turn neutralized Denver's offense was incredibly impressive. And the way in which Denver opened the game and was just like, we're going to have, we're, we got to get Nicola going. So we're just going to throw it to him in the post. We're going to have him run everything. And what happened was the Suns were like, here, here's the red carpet, sir. Do you want any snacks on the way? Go ahead. You against DeAndre Ayton, you're not going to pass the ball because we're not going to give you anywhere to pass the ball. And you're, you're an MVP. So you're going to go at him and try and score on him. Go ahead. And what it did is, it it neutralized our offense and they were the team like there was so much talk after the first game of how the suns are the team that's like not moving the ball they're not playing together as a team and all that stuff and and jokic is an incredibly unselfish superstar but the suns turned this game the the whole series around really in a way where they were like yeah but like we'll we'll turn him into a selfish superstar in a way by just forcing him to beat us as a scorer and he wound up doing it in the fourth quarter of course but again That was after Chris got hurt. That was after Durant played the way that he did. It was by far working. All this Monty slander, it's going to come. And and if they get eliminated from the playoffs, it's going to continue to come. There's going to be questions about his future. But they had an excellent game plan in game two on both sides of the floor. And Kevin, it worked pretty much flawlessly. Like not even, I don't feel like I'm exaggerating too much to say how well it worked. Like they did a tremendous job. And I'm someone who's been critical of Monty. And made this line in the sand kind of thing in the last podcast of how much they needed to do and how much they needed to change, not only the coaching staff, but players on the team specifically. And hey, John Green came out and played like a guy who had been getting picked on nationally, like SportsCenter's 35 million followers on Instagram, making fun of his lack of effort. Shaquille O'Neal calling him out on national TV on the pregame show saying like, I'm going to be watching you right now and watching your effort. Like the mainstream conversation actually started to become this conversation we've had about him for five years now. And it, whatever it was, that something else, I don't know, woke him up we were back to seeing more or less 2021-8. 20, like it was still like a, on a scale of one to 10 of how much was it play 2021-8. 20, like it was a seven or an eight, but it was a lot better than the two or the one that we saw yeah. <laughs> the lead up to this, to be honest. You know and, crazy and,
0: Yeah, Go ahead. I think, I just think the craziest part about the game was the first half people were just losing their minds on Twitter and in my text messages about this team and Monty's rotations and throwing that one lineup, whatever it was with book and a bunch of bench guys,
1: the two and- minutes that ish Wainwright played being something worth talking about at all.
0: And it's like, dude, this team is literally shooting 28% and they're down like three to five. Like, what are you? And they're getting good shots. Like, why are you blaming money for this? Like, this is so much more improved. They're not making shots. Um, and then I go from that to being like, oh, yeah, they might be done of Chris Paul. So, like, I mean, it's just funny that, like, I'm having these reactions and, like, lots of other people. But I think that the majority of fans probably do understand and agree with us that, like, Chris Paul
1: that important. But anyway. They took five seconds celebrating Landry Shaman outplaying before just roasting the next rotation choice. It's just never going to end at this point, And I... There are people listening to this who are just going to keep roasting Monty for playing this guy over that guy. And I just hope those people can start to realize how ridiculous they sound because I I, yeah. I, I got to stop there. That That's too much energy in the wrong places. I'm I sorry. Just, I, I, I got myself off the track there, Kevin. Uh, but what I was getting at there in terms of the can of worms that I opened with like the statement of idiot, like I, I think there's a good chance that in terms of looking at the Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, or just like the the Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Kevin, uh, I'm sorry, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, Monty Williams, Sons. Like this might be, this feels like it could be it in terms of their best chance to win a title or their greatest chance at a title coming up because um, it, I'm going to briefly, briefly, touch on like off season stuff here. And then we, we shouldn't talk about the rest of the way. Cause we got a lot of that to go later on, but this is the type of thing where if Chris is out and it's the third straight postseason he gets hurt that non guarantee. Like, I don't think they eat it to be clear. It's $15 million. I don't think they eat it. I think he's back, but the the it starts, it has to be presented in a certain way it was like it was after two straight postseasons, and now three is a whole different deal. And then obviously with the way DeAndre has played for the majority of the postseason, and just quite honestly the majority of this season, there are questions to be asked there with him. The same questions that we were having last offseason where you and I both agreed and thought like he was gone just because of the way that it had been building up and it built up even more during this season. Um, so that, that's that I'll, I'll toss that aside. I just wanted to explain that cause I kind of opened with it and stuff, but to go back to how the game unfolded and, and how it unfolded, like we didn't talk about Kevin Durant early enough, I wrote this, like it, it's just insult. It would be insulting to his greatness to not expect him to step up in this game and not expect him to put up 40 plus in this game, like the way that his shots developed and came to him and the way that he was getting free on Aaron Gordon with how much a rookie 65 guard was defending him. He should have had 40 plus in this game at least and I think he should have had 50. And he was missing shots, but I think he took 27. He probably should have taken 35 honestly. Like he should have just had his way with this game. I did a lot of different hits and a lot of different had a lot of different conversations from game 1 to game 2 with how anxious people were getting. And I was just telling people over and over again, like, I think Katie's just going to roast him in game two. And 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 everything was there for him to do that. But he just missed shots. And it happens. Guys just miss shots. I didn't look at it. Uh, maybe it looked different on TV, but at least live. Yes, some of them were difficult shots, but he's Kevin Durant. Like, I think that's a trap that I've seen some people fall into. Um, that are breaking down the Booker Durant mid range stuff and being like, oh well, those are tough shots to live with. Like Michael Malone's quote on like, well they can be, if they can beat us with tough two, they can't beat us with tough twos for forty eight minutes. It's Like ah well they can, they they definitely can, and they and they should have in this game honestly. And the reason they didn't lose is because of tough twos, Kevin. It's because Kevin Durant shot two of twelve from three. They shot six of thirty one as a team, six of thirty one as a team. Kevin, they were one of twelve from the corner, one of twelve. And you think about like the couple Damian Lee had over there, campaign had one. Like, there were some good looks there. Torrey Craig had a really good one that didn't even hit the rim. Um, Book was the only one that made one in the corner. And, again, their offense was sound. And, again, I cannot emphasize enough. Like, I'm glad you said 10 times better defensively. They took Jamal Murray out of the equation, and they were like – did you see the the realization start to come to Aaron Gordon? Like, hey, Aaron, they're going to need 20 at night out of you. Are you ready? <laughs> he, did, he did not look ready in the first half. Now, he did better in the second half. I think he saw he had one three go down, and that's where he started to like regain a bit of confidence. But there were two or three possessions in the first half that just died when the ball touched him, and he had an acre of space. There was one point on the left wing when Jamal Murray was running empty pick and roll with Jokic, and Gordon came like rolling around from the right wing to the top of the key wide open. And I was like, where is his man? And then I looked and Durant was literally under the rim just waiting. So Aiden could go and double or, or contain Murray, whatever you want to call it, with his coverage that he was doing. And then Durant was going to be there to contest Jokic if that's where the ball was going to go. And then Murray obviously passed to his teammate that had no one within 20 feet of him. And then Gordon was like, "What? what's going on? Um, Michael Porter Jr., the ball sporadically found him, Kevin, but this is why I didn't take him as much of a huge factor in the series because when it was called on for him to be more than like a shooter and a floor spacer and just an actual scorer within the flow of their offense, they just couldn't get to it. He was two of seven. I think that that will be a mid-series adjustment that favors well for them. But to end on what Denver got here, Kevin, and what Phoenix did not get – People not named Devin and Kevin shot zero for eleven from three in this game. Not one three from anyone. Not named those two guys. And again, Durant shot two of twelve. Booker was four of eight, and then Craig was zero for two. Akgio for two. Paul didn't take one. Uh, Payne zero for four. Damian Lee zero for three. Contavious Caldwell Pope hit three threes in the fourth quarter. His rebounding was awesome. His effort, like he kept getting into Booker, and, and like he he played a part in wearing him down too. He was sensational in this game, and. It was the second straight game, Kevin. Where in terms of um, how I feel about the series and how um, co- the lack of confidence I have now, if if Chris is to miss time, it's because Denver is like the better team. Like they just look like the better team individually. Because whether it was Aaron Gordon last game or Jamal Murray being the best player on the court last game or Kentavious Caldwell Pope being the what would you call him the fourth or fifth best player in this game? Like that's. Ooh. Uh... Like, Aaron Gordon's up there. Well, yeah, but, but he was. But the bottom line is, he he was outstanding. Like Booker was outstanding. Durant's contributions still mean a lot, even if he was missing a lot of shots. Jokic obviously was the best player on the floor, um, and a- Aiden was really good. Gordon had his moments, but I thought Caldwell Pope was awesome. And the Suns just haven't gotten; they're not going to get that. Like they're not going to get the random, like really, this was the random, really good Damian Lee game, Kevin. But he didn't hit a three. <laughs> it's just like Damian played an unbelievable game. He had three offensive rebounds. I think all three of them were him just crashing like a madman and, and jumping and showing that. Remember when I got clowned for calling him athletic, Kevin? Look at that athleticism <laughs> shine. He's tipping out offensive rebounds and defensively, I. I don't think I've seen anyone try as hard as he did on defense for when he was in there. Like uh, that was like one of the most, like in terms of like, I, I used vigor in the words, Kevin, I had to use vigor to describe <laughs> how hard he was trying and playing. He was everywhere, but he missed all three of his threes. Kevin, like he's the shooter. That's just his role. He was still really good in this game, but they didn't get what they needed out of him.
0: I I want to go back to the bench um, kind of as a whole, because look, I get, I completely get people being super mad at Monty for n- not being consistent with his rotations and not like starting with like trusting people more. Cause like, I think that's the whole thing, right? Like, he talked about after the KD trade, Pop told me to trust the process and he tinkered with guys. He gave TJ Warren minutes, he gave Terrence Ross minutes. And then suddenly the playoffs come and he's giving no one minutes. And I think that was a huge mistake, not only because of the the wear down effect. That I don't even I don't even want to know if you want to get into speculating about why Chris Paul was playing 38 minutes and if that has anything to do with his groin. I don't know. No, nah, let's not do that. <laughs> but it it definitely impacts how these guys play when they're not
1: confident. Let's say practicing. let's say it's it's like not a good thing, and then just leave it at that not as reasoning for it happening but just say hey is this a good or a bad thing it's a bad thing that he's playing 38 minutes it's not good
0: when you're you don't want to match the age with the minutes played in the playoffs over long stretches anyway but like I I think it does hurt rhythm it hurts the bench being confident like they went to the finals because that bench unit was playing every game they had confidence um they moved the ball well and this bench unit just hasn't played together enough and that's a bigger deal than Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant and Devin Booker can make stuff up and figure it out later the bench unit isn't good enough to do that and and like yeah the offense wasn't good the defense was I thought pretty good overall in general Um, but like this is what happens when you finally ask them to play a little a few more minutes and they just get sucked into the kind of feel of the whole game Um, I, I think it will help them to have this many days to practice, especially if Chris Paul's out. I I think Monty's biggest coaching job of his career could be ahead of him and just getting something out of them enough to empower them to help Devin Booker and Kevin Durant steal a win and then see if they can get two in Phoenix. Um, but, like, they're, they they need to go to him. I think Monty, obviously, by today's actions, knows that. He knows he needs to try new things. If that's Terrence Ross, TJ Terrence Ross, Warren, I don't know. But, like, campaign's going to actually have a lot of minutes, you would think, if Chris Paul's not there. And it's just a matter of him being enough of a threat.
1: I am pulling up the play right now. But, again, to emphasize how great they were looking. And, again... <laughs> Like I wrote it like they, they should, if you take like quality of looks and if we go back and watch all of the misses that they have, and I know Denver had their handful of them as well, but we go back and watch quality of looks they were missing. Like they probably should have been up 20 and by the mid third quarter. And I was sitting next to Dan Bickley and Dwayne Rankin. And um, when Chris Paul hit a midi. He was uh snaking and then went to his right and hit an 18-footer to put them up 59-51. I said out loud as he like got to the spot, he hadn't even risen up yet. I said out loud, uh-oh. And then as the ball went in, like Bickley gave a yep and, and a laugh, and it looked like it was happening. Like they were starting to find their form a bit, and like it was finally coming to the point where Chris is going to hit a couple of key jumpers here that they need. And then Booker and Durant are going to take them home. And most importantly, like their team play to that point was going to take them home. And then literally on the next play, Chris gets injured. The, the yeah. next play is, is the Caldwell Pope tip in. So it was just the, the timing was brutal. Cause again, like my head space right now, that's where I was. Like I said, uh Oh, out loud on media row. And I was like, here we go. This is the start of it. This is where they're going to put away this game. And then this is going to be the start of them putting away the series and looking like the team that I picked to win the championship. And then he gets hurt 20 seconds later. And it goes back to what you were saying about how extremely fragile this whole thing always was. And maybe it wasn't a point that we hammered home enough, but we don't do that with things on this podcast when they're so simple. And we just said, yeah, like, of course the, if healthy thing, like Duran and Paul, if one of them gets hurt, they're screwed, obviously. And, they are screwed to some point, but I think it was important to what you brought up, if Paul doesn't play, um, how much they're going to need out of the other guys. But it just hasn't been encouraging enough um, returns there. Uh, there's one thing that I want to – there's one more thing that I do want to say. And I got to imagine Suns fans – if, if Suns fans are able to get past the way – Maybe the, in their anger for how this turned out or their disappointment or whatever, this kind of feeling is somewhere in there. But the one thing that I was thinking, when Kevin, when they were out there and Payne wasn't out there anymore and it was Booker running the offense with like eight minutes left or whatever it was, six minutes left, I was like, how is this happening still? How are we here still? I watched this man win 18 games and I have to do everything on the team to win 18 games. I've watched this man lead an 8-0 bubble run where he had to do absolutely everything. It just felt like he had to shoulder so much to get them to, the, to a certain point. And here we are. He had Chris Paul. He has Chris Paul on his team, one of the greatest point guards of all time, who played at an all-NBA MVP candidate level with him the, the year that they went to the NBA Finals. And they traded for... Kevin Durant in a year where if he was fully healthy and won, and played 70 games, he was putting up a statistical season at least and a winning season, because we cite those numbers all the time about how his win-loss is so insane, where he probably would have won MVP too. And we're here in this, there's six minutes left, Kevin, they're down three, and he has to do everything still. he's yeah. He's catching the ball on the sideline out of bounds and sprinting Kevin sprinting to the basket to open up a Torrey Craig or Damian Lee three. I can't remember who was in the corner in front of the bench, but that didn't go in. And then he set up another pain three that didn't go in. And I was like, How, <laughs> How is this happening right now? It's like, just it is mind blowing to me. I I I've I phrased it as a as a prerequisite at this point, Kevin. At this point in his career, that he just has to put the cape on. It doesn't matter. If the monsters are on his team, he's going to have to put the cape on, I guess. I just don't... I'm I'm so past the point of trying to figure out exactly why. Because again, Kevin Durant, in a season where if he was healthy and he performed the way he did statistically and his teams in a winning fashion performed the way they did, and if he continued to perform the way they did defensively as well, he probably would have won MVP. Like, that's how crazy the season was he was having in Brooklyn. And... He's on the court with Devin Booker, and Booker has to do everything still. And it's just – Kevin, part of the Jamal Murray shutdown was because Booker guarded him. Booker had to guard him. Well, I, I don't know. I'm at, I'm at a loss for it now because, again, big picture thoughts are starting to percolate into my head with a loss like this. But it's just – he had a great quote after the game. He He loves playoff basketball. Asked about being down 02. He said it. He told us he said it in the locker room that he loves this beep and you need to embrace it. Come in with a mentality to get after it every day. Make sure to have some fun along the way and just get ready to compete. This is what he loves. He doesn't care. He's going to continue to trust his teammates the whole way. But it's just, Kevin, I don't see the difference between. Sonny Weems breaking a corner three oh. and Corey Craig doing it like five years later in a, an incredibly important playoff game. Like, it's just, it's all starting to blend together now and I'm going to go crazy.
0: I think to make this really simple, but <laughs> it might come down to when you don't play basketball with someone or a group of people that often you're going to get whipped by people who play basketball at the time together. Like, do you think the continuity thing's catching up to them now a little bit? I think so. I think so.
1: Yeah, of course, because it should be, it should be Durant's entire show in the second half, but that's part of, part of my thing. Like Durant did not play well in this game overall, but he hit two shots in a row. In the in the fourth quarter and the second one he hit with like that kind of confidence you see guys have when they pull into a shot where I was like and I tweeted here comes 35 because I thought this was the moment I've been hyping up Kevin Durant for months now. He's so incredible and amazing, especially in the postseason like this. You are you guys are about to actually see what Kevin Durant is supposed to be. You guys have seen like a tiny, 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 tiny pinch of what Kevin Durant is actually supposed to be. And here he comes. And then he he missed a shot, and then they put Jokic on Okogie, and they put Gordon on Aiden, and everything just jumbled up again. And Chris wasn't on the floor to direct everything, and it just fe- it just fe- crumbled to pieces. And yeah, and the crazy thing is, like I thought Booker and Durant got like decent-ish looks to the point where star shot-making could have just saved them. Like they could have absolutely stolen this game with not really good shots um but again star shot making and all that kind of stuff but it, it just didn't come to fruition um so yeah that, that's my last thing i really have um is there anything else that really stood out to you um i thought akogi did a better job on jamal murray as well i thought again i, oh, yes. I want to bring it up again like their their defense overall was so much better in this game like i I remember one of my thoughts after game one being is like, are we going to get to the end of the series and just think Denver's the better defensive team? Like there's no way that happens. Right. And then we we saw the Suns' defense that we not more or less expected because they were terrific, but, and and like really at a high, high level. But um, let me, let me end here before we get to recording on Thursday and stuff when we have more time to process and everything, how much of the optimism still translates for you if Paul doesn't play in game three?
0: I think I think they can
1: still win one without ball. Um, they need to win I, four of the next five to be clear on the math situation. Here. I know,
0: <laughs> no, but like I think they're.
1: I know. I, mean, uh, I think you. they're a good enough team if they
0: play defense like they did. If Kevin Durant goes five of twelve from three, they're right there. Um, I don't. I don't know. That's why I keep. I, I didn't keep saying it. I think that's why I said it's this is like Monty's biggest moment as a head coach is because I think there's enough juice where you can get a couple days of practice, rest for the stars, practice for the role players, and you basically tell Devin and Kevin, hey, you have to empower your teammates. Um, The one play in the second half that stood out was book ran one of those pick and rolls with the Kogi and the Kogi made a great pass to DA for a dunk. And I just think that's the play that you have to sell Devin and Kevin on. It's like, okay, you guys need to look for this and just read and react more instead of just ISO hunting matchups and going at it. Like, I think there's a lot of room for offensive improvement is what I'm saying. And, getting even better shots than they were today. And then if you kind of take five plays of that for Kevin and Devin, you add it up, they'll have their legs. They won't be up in mile high. They'll hopefully save some time like on the bench and then you get okay, or off the ball. And then you get shot making in the fourth when you need it. Um, I, I still think that they can win without Chris Paul, but it's obviously you're going to have to have a big game from Torrey Craig or a big game from campaign or a big game from Damian Lee to get there.
1: Yeah, the way I wrote it is they'll need at least one master class from Duran or Booker, and they'll need more or less 2021 playoff eight to be out there, and then I think they can win that individual game, but they'll need that for pretty much every game. And that's not the bare minimum. They're going to need contributions from others as well beyond because again, to emphasize what I think more people are going to be focusing on a lot more tomorrow, four total points for the bench, two for a Kogi, eight for Paul. Like it wasn't, there wasn't, they scored 87 points in this game. So for as much as the offensive process worked and the shot quality was there, the overall production is still something that's going to get spotlighted quite a bit. I wanted to say this before we go and, um, I didn't get to it in the piece or whatever, and it'll come later if we find out the injury prognosis. But I feel terrible for Chris. I, I, there's just so much consistent conversation about um, how he always gets hurt around this time, and I think that just really quickly jets over the fact about how you got to feel for a guy like this, especially who's one of the greatest competitors we've ever seen in the history of the sport. And I don't know what his answer will be or will be at the end of his career when he has to say like who the best team is, but I think people in Phoenix at least forget – this is a guy that was playing as the Kevin Durant Warriors and was up three, two in the series with Houston, which might be the, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like that might be the best team he was ever on. They were yeah. up three, two, he gets hurt. He can't play the last two games. They lose the last two games and it. he's just had so many moments like this, like the finals uh, two years ago with the Suns, And that came during a run where he like got COVID still in the middle of it and had the shoulder thing still, um, and then last year, of course, with whatever, what was it? I, I can't remember what it was exactly that uh, came up. the Mark Spears report at the end of the series, but yeah, I, I just feel terrible for the guy. And if if this is how his son's um, tenure is going to be like defined, that's just going to be a huge bummer for me as someone who's a huge fan of his game and is a huge fan of was a huge fan of is a huge fan of getting to watch him play. On an everyday basis, learned a lot about basketball, just watching it and talking to him about it Um, and also uh, is just like played really, really well for this team, too. Again, the all NBA seasons, the MVP candidacy, the all star games, he was pretty darn good for them. But um, I just, yeah, because I know that's where the conversation is going to go. By the time we talk again, the conversations will have already taken place about him and his legacy and all that crap. Um, And it's just a bummer. It really sucks. Anything else? Yeah.
0: I mean, I think we can tease our next podcast where we're going to, it might be earlier than Thursday, I guess, if news comes out about him, that's significant. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, this is our next talk could be his son's tenure might be looking like it's over. <laughs> um,
1: I to think I think bored. I wanna end but, there. I think he'll he'll be I wanna like make sure we send this before we say it before we end, sorry. Um I think he'll be back. Fifteen to eat is too much. I just wanted to like say that before we go. But I think he'll be back. I don't know if I'm with you. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Could be a very different team for sure. Next year, we'll see. But again, those are conversations for another time yet. Yeah, but we'll be back. I think we'll just do Thursday anyway, unless like it's really earth-shattering news on Wednesday. And there's going to be a lot to write about, a lot to talk about, about who needs to, sp- to step up specifically, who they need to play Probably have to start playing Damian Lee even more. Probably got to get Terrence Ross in there as well. Just get as much offense on the floor as possible, and try and with how much success they saw defensively while playing a player like Damian Lee who's limited defensively. I think it encourages you to go even more towards the offense. Kevin, they got to go small for the love of everything. Please stop trying the mismatch thing. It's driving me crazy. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get to it on uh, Thursday. Any any closing thoughts before we go?
0: No, let's just. See where we're at in a few days.
1: All right. I'm going to go to sleep. I got a flight in 11 hours, actually. So, you know, I'll be oh. fine. Going to get a nice little rest in. Going to just play my switch on the flight and then be back home by like 2, 2.30. Take the day. Watch uh, game one of a uh, Lakers Warriors. By the way, before we go, if anyone feels like the free throw situation was bad and the Suns are rigging it, look at who is on the other side. Do you think the NBA – would rig it against Kevin Durant playing as the Warriors or LeBron James? Think about it. Just take two seconds. All Good I'm line. asking, just yeah. just think. Like, if anyone should be th- throwing rigged accusations, it's the Nuggets who obviously got the better whistle tonight. But um, in my objective or uh, non-biased perspective, I think it was pretty clear that Suns got a rough whistle tonight. But we'll see if it comes back for them in Phoenix. We'll talk more on Thursday, though, about leading up to Game 3 and have an update on Chris Paul's status. Until then, see you later.